Okay. Hello, this is Kara Orbell, your host of Going Places. And today I have a very special and interesting show. Today I'm talking to Nick Kazarian, but I also have the guys from Tony G show. So we're doing a kind of double show. It's going to be really fun. Um, Nick Kazarian he got his bachelor's in kinesiology from University of Illinois, Chicago. He was in the Airborne Infantry in the Army, and he is now a trainer at Bears Fit. And much to our chagrin, because we are currently in Green Bay, he is a diehard Bears <laughs> and Cubs fan. So this is going to be a really interesting show. <laughs> thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, let's kind of start with, I guess, how does this whole timing thing work? Did you start college, army, and then training, or was it army, college, training? How? So, that? yeah, the long-winded answer is uh, I'm 19 years old. I have zero plans for college, zero uh, motivation for it, and um, it was either go to California with my buddy or join the army. And um, I, I think I picked the, the more smart of the two. Uh, so joining the army, I was in, uh, I was in for seven years as an infantryman. Um, and then I actually had got injured in the army with my low back and decided that, uh, I wanted to learn to help other people with that issue. Um, primarily, um, I noticed that I couldn't do the things that I was doing before, uh, with my, with my back issue. I, I have a bulging L4, L5 and uh, decided that personal training was a good way to bridge that gap of, you know, unfortunately in the infantry, there's zero applicable skills in the real world. Um, so finding something that I loved and, and pursuing that uh, was kind of, excuse the background. Um, <laughs> I can close the garage door, but- No, you're fine. good. Um, but go. that was my, my way to bridge the gap between what I was doing and where I'm at now. Interesting. That's cool. Um, I can imagine the workouts that you kind of had in the army are not the same as the ones you do with the people you train just because yeah. of what I've heard from basic training and stuff. How did you kind of transition from such a strict environment to teaching, like to becoming a trainer and being an, a nice person <laughs> as a trainer? So... I never really fit the mold in the army of the big bad staff sergeant who, you know, do push-ups private. I was never a yeller. I was never the angry guy. Um, and and I there wouldn't was, be like, either. What's that? <laughs> I would not be either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I just felt that there was such better ways to teach people than, you know, make them do repetitive movements over and over and over again. Um, and so it was actually really easy for me to come into a training environment where I can be personable. I don't, you know, they trust me and they, I have to lead them, but it, in the same sense, um, that trust is built, not just a automatic, well, you have the rank. So, you know, I got to do what you say. Um, I, I didn't feel like that was leadership. Uh, so I, I feel like I truly came into my own after the military where I learned, I guess, what not to do. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Nice. Um, what do you love most about your job now as a trainer? Well, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said, if I didn't say that, you know, I'm already in the gym all day, every day. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's a huge plus for me and like kind of my mental space of like, this is what I know. This is what I love. Um, 
but ultimately like I get into it to help other people. Um, you know, I think the one thing I learned through my military experience is that no one ever does anything alone and um, you can choose to help other people do that thing, whatever that is and lift them up or you can choose to put people down. And uh, my job is all about lifting people up, you know, um, you know, whether it's, Hey, you know, look, we, we kind of fell off this week, but look, we're going to get it next week. Or, you know, they're doing something that they've never done before. Uh, I've had, I think one of my first clients, she never did rope slams before. They always seem too intimidating, but now here's a trainer who is, you know, she trusts, I, I, I look, you know, I fit the mold. Um, no one's going to say anything because it's my client doing that work and she did it and she's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Small victories like that are huge to me. Um, and it, it, it fills me up with just as much joy as I'm sure it does them. That's great. Awesome. Um, so you kind of mentioned like one of the, like the larger lessons you learned in the army was that nobody really does anything alone. Could you kind of like, I guess, expand on that a little bit more. Like, was that like your largest takeaway, like ever, or like, were there other little smaller things that you still use today in terms of lessons? Um, I would say that's one in the bag of tricks, uh, you know, or, or, or little, little pieces of information. Um, elaborating on no one ever does it alone. Uh, from the time you are in basic training, you go from everything is buddy drills or above. So, he suppresses my fire or, or I, he suppresses the enemy while I move up. And then I suppress the enemy while he moves up and we're working as a team. And it only expands after that from, from uh, buddy team movements to team movements, to squad movements, platoon, battalion, brigade, all that stuff. Um, and, and literally uh, I've worked with, I've worked, worked with mechanized units where you think, what is the point of an infantryman being on the flank of a, a uh, uh, Bradley, which is a 30 millimeter uh, tank essentially. Um, and then the tanks or the uh, Bradleys are on the flanks of the tanks and everyone basically, you know, has their piece. So those infantrymen that are out there, they have to um, watch for anti-tank weapons for those Bradleys and those Bradleys watch for smaller targets for the tanks because the tanks have the largest force. Um, but you know, the tank without those other pieces is, is vulnerable is nothing. So, um, no one ever does it alone. You have to have, uh, uh, someone to help you along. You can say, oh, I built myself up from ground zero, but truth of the matter is you are someone's son, daughter, you know, you're, you, uh, went to school on someone else's dime, your parents, whatever, whoever looked after you, um, and, and so, you know, it taught me to really be just not selfish and think about the contributions that were afforded to me to allow me to do what I do now. That, yeah, that's awesome. I, I remember you being a sophomore in high school and, you know, walking to the fitness center for the first time and was like, what the heck am I doing? And I met a guy who became one of my, you know, best friends, just a great mentor in the, in the fitness center. And he was a baseball coach and we just born, like just formed this bond over, him giving me advice on how to lift and all that. And I, it's, mm -hmm. you're totally right that very rarely in life are you doing something 100% on your own. So that's sure. awesome. That's really true. <laughs> so where did you start out? What's, did you play any sports in high school? Cause I know 
Like yeah. Army is obviously very athletic, but trainers yeah. normally have a passion for sports. Let's talk about yeah. That. So um, I play. I was I was wrestling, football, track. Uh, your typical jock, but I was also the kid who hung out with um, the the um, outfit or or, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of the outliers, you know, the the misfits. That's okay. the word. Uh, so so yeah. Um, love football to death uh, to this day i don't i don't schedule anything on a bears sunday or you know monday in this case you guys are lucky you button right up against it um <laughs> but um uh I, I look i find watching wrestling and watching track to be unless it's the olympics one of the most boring experiences of life but i love running and i love you know imposing my will on another human being um and that was you know, aside from, let's be honest, we were in high school getting chicks. That was where my lifting career started was I wanted to be stronger and overpower my enemy in whatever the category was. So That's, that's funny. Um, I played high school soccer and I can never watch any, like for some reason, I just cannot sit down and watch a game of soccer. I don't remember the last time I've done that. So yeah. I, I totally understand that. Uh, that's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> The different it's a different uh, viewpoint, right? Um, you know, I think any sport is inherently more interesting if you're involved in it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, very true. Um, did you have any like experiences in high school that you know led you to become like want to do like athletic training? Besides, like obviously the lifting probably played a pretty big role in that, right? Mm -hmm. I would assume, but. Yeah. yeah, I guess you can expand on that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, in high school, lifting was nothing more than a hobby to me. I didn't really see a career or had the wherewithal to realize that, you know, albeit the pay isn't, you know, stellar, unless you're in the top 1%, any career, I guess. But, um, you know, the pay isn't stellar, but that it was a viable option. Um, I think for me, it was like, well, you know, do I go into the police force? Do I join the military? Do I go out to California with my buddy and just do blue collar gigs? You know, um, I had no real direction at that time. Uh, and, and hence, you know, that, that military, you know, telling me, Hey, look, this is what you gotta do. Uh, and, and the maturity that came with that, that was when it finally clicked that, um, you know, this is something I love. I've always done. Let's make it a career path. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, Let's see. So I too, like Will, was an athlete. I played water polo and volleyball in high school. Mm -hmm. which water polo is the worst sport ever. <laughs> you look like low turtles, but you're dying inside. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like as an athlete, and like I've never like being a personal trainer is probably one of my dream jobs. I think that's the coolest job ever like that's awesome that you get to do that how fulfilling is it to see improvement within the people that you're training yeah um so that's you know that's how you earn your money right is that improvement how do you drive results yeah um some people do not want to step on a scale um and that's okay i you know so i i need something measurable so maybe i test them in a different way you know whether it's um how strong they get on the bench. And even if it's someone that they don't care about the bench press, um, but they do get stronger and, and,
you see the look in their face, even though it was a, some stupid metric that they didn't care about, uh, or at least they thought they didn't care about, they're, then they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could do that. Um, so that's, that's like a huge piece for me. Um, I have a client who, you know, when she came in, she was walking on a cane. And, and when we were done with our first session, she cried because she said, I didn't think I would ever do any of the stuff that I've ever done again. Fast forward to now, she still works with me. She's never walked on a treadmill before. Now she's going at, you know, an incline at a good pace. Um, she's lifting weights, free weights, not just machines. And, you know, doesn't necessarily always need my guidance. Um, she can come in and work out on her own without fear of falling or getting hurt. That, like, that brings me to tears. That someone went from, and whether I was all me or just part of me, like, it doesn't matter. Being a part of that process is all I care about. Um, and that that alone is, you know, it may not be the best pay in the world, but it's that's priceless. Yeah. So, Who's your favorite athlete to work with? Like female, male sports? Oh. Um, I don't know that I have a favorite. Each has their their ups and their downs. Um, if you have a younger athlete, chances are they don't understand body mechanics as well as a, you know, even a high school athlete. Um, so there's a lot of correcting form, basic, basic exercises to build, um, basically I call body armor to build up that tissue, that connective tissue that helps, you know, if it's a football player, helps them absorb a hit. If it's tennis player, you know, then they can absorb that quick left, right, change of direction on the court. Um, but, you know, pros have their downfalls too. They're paid millions. They, and not all of them, a lot of them are super humble, but, you know, they're paid millions. If they don't think it's working out, they have no problem telling you so and go and find somewhere else. Uh, you know, uh, all of it comes down to buy-in. Um, too. If, if someone doesn't believe in what I'm telling them, then it doesn't matter who I'm working with. They're never going to do what I ask them to do or, or, or what I feel is best for them. Um, so long answer, short answer after the long answer is, I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, everyone is a puzzle and it's up to me and other professionals to try and piece that puzzle together to get them to do the best things that they can. So, so can you I, said can that I, like, oh, can I, go ahead. Can I jump in here? I just want to quickly add to this is a quick question. Mm -hmm. If you were advertising yourself to someone, you don't have to say favorite, but who is the one name that you'd throw at someone and be like, I worked with this person? I, or, or is it just a general, I worked with this group or? Um, you know, and it's so funny. Uh, the, the first thing they ask you as a personal trainer when you're interviewing. So what's your niche? What's your, what, what can you do? You know, some people are great with older populations. Some people are great with, you know, in this case, athletes. Some people are great with uh, body weight, calisthenic type stuff. And, and I just don't, I can't pigeonhole myself like that. Um, when I think of what I do, and this was a great moment, our, our boss's boss's boss came into town to, you know, basically meet the team. And, and one of the guys was talking about like, oh, it's great, you know, one of the other trainers, you, you know, you work really well with bodybuilding competitions. She's a female bodybuilder. Makes sense. You know, you work really great with athletes talking to a guy who is a part-time coach for um, a local um, high school. 
And then, you know, he gets to me and he's like, and you, well, you know, I don't really know what you do. Um, and, and I joke around, I say, well, good, neither do I, uh, <laughs> you know, if someone comes in and they have a shoulder injury, you know, a torn rotator cuff or torn labrum, it's on me to know how to work with that. Um, if I don't know, then I either one, find out or two, send it to someone. If I don't, if I truly believe I can't help them, um, I send it to someone who I believe can, uh, so whether it's that, whether it is, um, you know, someone, you know, an NFL player, an NFL lineman, uh, which I've trained, um, coming to me during their off season, then I got to know what to do with that. Um, and no one is, you know, there's no two people that are the same. Uh, I think a lot of times in pro sports, you get these groups, you know, whether it's linemen, they all train the same movements or whether it's a soccer player, you know, all the forwards, you know, uh, train the same way. Uh, but each person is independent of the, you know, one another and, and they all learn separately and their bodies adapt differently, even though it may be the same stimulus. So no favorites. <laughs> mm. I like I that answer. It. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty good advertisement piece right there. <laughs> <laughs> no favorites. I don't, I don't bring pizza though. No, uh, I'm not afraid of the lunk alarm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What'd you say? No, uh, no dropping the weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you drop the weights. Brunch as loud as you want, too. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, what's uh, do you enjoy working at uh, Bearsfoot? Is it like a fun environment? What can you give us a taste like on that a little bit? Yeah, so um, I mean, I think it starts truly with uh, obviously my love for the Bears. Um, I was getting out of college, my brother was going there and um, happened to you know meet the manager for personal training said, Hey, my brother's just finishing college, you know, just wanted to, you know, put his foot in the ring. He didn't even tell me yet. And initially I got out of college. I said, you know, I really, I just, I, I can't go to commercial fitness again. Can't do it. Um, a lot of times there are companies out there and I will remain, you know, anonymous with those um, who try to prioritize profit. Um, how sleazily can I get you to buy this a hundred session pack? you know, uh, putting people in debt and then, you know, something comes up medical wise and they can't, Hey, I can't complete the sessions and they're going to run out. And then they, they still charge them. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of that out there and this isn't one of those places. Um, and I truly, 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 um, I believe that we have the right leadership and infrastructure, um, to, to back that up. Um, so I love it there. And, and this is coming from a guy who didn't think he was going to be back in commercial fitness. I thought I was going to go private sector, um, um, athletic training type route, uh, athletes. Um, and I got sucked in, <laughs> but it was for the better. Cause I, I truly, I go into work every day and I enjoy it. And I like representing something more than myself. That's a huge military aspect, right? Is uh, you go in and you learn to be more than just you. You're there for a bigger cause. And um, I like the idea that I represent by de facto and, you know, the, the logo had uh, the Chicago Bears. You know, um, no one's going to be calling me to a press conference anytime soon, but. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if, uh, if I work there, it's because 
all sides of the agreement, Chicago Bears being one of them, believe that I'm a good fit. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, totally. That I'm a an accounting major and like that'd be like if I was an accountant for the Packers, I'd be like, I'm so proud to to serve this organization that, you know, it's it's just it just adds to the enjoyment of the job. And that's yeah. just it's totally it's a totally cool aspect. That's awesome. Yeah. And you can justify nerding out on um uh, getting clothes, you know, uh, uh <laughs> team apparel, you know, and the wife goes, Another really? And you're like for work i don't know write it <laughs> off on the- <laughs> <laughs> it's a good loophole you don't know um bears fit is a gym it's in my hometown that um everything is bears themed which made me want to cry walking into it because i'm a diehard packer fan but um it's a really cool gym where everything has bears logo there's such a huge support system of all bears fans um, and it's just a really cool atmosphere that I don't think any other NFL team has. So it was, it's a really cool gym. And I can totally agree that it's nothing like like your commercial gyms out there. It's pretty unique and special. So. <laughs> Nick, have you ever had anybody walk in to the fitness center wearing something other than Bears apparel? Okay. Really? I think, my mom <laughs> I think my mom wears the Packers stuff. Uh, not She's not so bad, but I have caught a Wisconsin thing or two. Um you know, shirt or something. Uh, yes. So there's a couple regulars who one of them's a Chiefs fan. All right, you're AFC. That's fine. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> one of them, the Eagles fan, and that one hits a little close to home because of you know the double dog. Dare I say? Uh, it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, there are a couple Packers fans, and most of them are closet Packer fans. So like your mom doesn't wear any Packers gear. But then we get to talking and she's like, oh, man, I can't wait for the game. She's talking about Packers beating the Bears. And I'm like, so just so you know, cost of training just went up like 10%. (laughs) We can double this. Like, no, it's common. Uh, Not not super common, but there's, there's regulars. That's that's awesome. Is it is it kind of like an unwritten rule to give them a little bit of a hard time about it? Just to like kind of joke around with them oh you know what um i think you have you have to worry about groupthink because then if one person does it then maybe everyone does it and true then then you lose a member no i don't think <laughs> I, I, I was i was mostly kidding yeah i, I, I yeah <laughs> i know sometimes in the fitness center it can be a little bit of a a lot of sarcasm at least in my experience it's a lot of sarcasm sometimes just like in fun fun joking between everyone there so i yeah but yeah i totally understand (laughs) awesome so another question i have about athletes is what what do you think like a and a person's workout style teaches you about their personality like is there anything that kind of points them out like i don't know yeah no that's a fair question um well you know who the hard workers are they show it, they do it. They don't need someone watching them to do the right thing. Um, unfortunately, you also know who, and I hate to say it, the slackers are. Maybe, and 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 I hate to give anyone, not give anyone the benefit of the doubt. Um, sometimes people just have the God-given talent and, and they, look, they just show up no matter what they do. I had a buddy like that growing up. He, he played football, he wrestled. Now he fights at MMA at a high level and he just, whatever he did, he was the best at it. 
Um, the problem with that is that that can breed laziness, complacency. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes the hardest worker in the room is also the most talented. Um, but, but yeah, you can tell. I mean, are they on their phone? Are they, you know, and, and I'm not a huge believer in they have to be suffering and grinding it out to get better. But, you know, you can tell who is and who means, you know, who's doing what they mean to do versus someone who's just there. Um, unfortunately, not including athletes, most people that come to the gym are, they know they should be there. So they're there. Um, they haven't found something to enjoy yet. They don't know, you know, maybe they're super scared of touching weights, uh, you know, kettlebells. They've never touched a kettlebell in their life. Um, and they're not going to be the first one to be laughed at for touching a kettlebell and doing the wrong thing. Um, so there's a little bit of that, but most athletes, you know, they've done this since, you know, I mean, are we, are, are we talking like, you know, LeBron James, since he lived in the inner city, you know, and that was his way out. Like he's been doing this a long time. So, um, yeah, it's visible. It's visible if someone cares about what they're doing or not. I think that's any profession. True. Do you, um, are you, a? do you support using like pre-workout supplements and all that kind of stuff? Cause mm. I know when I worked out, I got hooked on like C4. Like if I was like, if I didn't have it, I'm not working out. Um, which is really bad, which is really, really bad for like, it's not really bad for your liver. Like, so I'm glad I stopped doing that, but I was really hooked on it. So like, what's your question. take on that? I'm interested to hear this too. I, I, I'm, I worked at the vitamin shop. This. Oh, this boy. Up my alley. <laughs> or supplements. I know like, yeah. not even before or after workouts, just daily supplements people really get into. Yeah. So add that onto the question as well. So my response to that is um, probably the biggest cop-out answer. And you're going to hear it at a high end of every profession you ever look at. Um, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Uh for instance, um, anxiety and panic attacks are something that I deal with. I'm not going to purposely take uppers, you know what I mean, to get a better workout, knowing that it's going to cause my heart to race and maybe induce a panic attack. Some people never have any adverse reactions. My personal preference, I'd probably not have you take it because I want you to, if you're an athlete, if you're just trying to burn fat, that's fine. I can do that a million different ways. If you're mm -hmm. an athlete, um, I need to know exactly how you feel at all times, because if there is something off and I'm having you do high powered movements, a hang clean, a uh, uh, snatch, a uh, clean and press, you know, any of those, and you are, you're amped up, you're too juiced up. Well, then you're not concentrating. Um, I'm, and I'm not saying that, you know, again, everyone reacts differently. So it depends. Um, some people don't get that adverse of a reaction and they take, you know, three scoops. Some people take a half a scoop and they're jittery. Uh, so I don't want to risk it. And to be honest, it's, it's a waste of money. They, they tout this ability to increase energy and that's not energy. That is um, stimulation. And there is a difference there. Um, supplements in general, again, it depends. Do I need someone that is in renal failure to have a protein supplement? Nope. Cause that will put them right in the hospital. That means their, their kidneys aren't functioning. They can't process the proteins that are going in the belly. And then they, they get sick and have to have, you know, an emergency operation. Wow. Um, but for your average gym goer, 
you know, again, provided there's no pre-existing conditions, whatever, protein's good. It's good before or after a workout, depending on the one you get. And each supplement company has their own shtick, but uh, protein's good. Creatine is not bad. It only will work. The problem with creatine is you have high amount of water retention and it only works for the ATP PCR energy system, which if you don't know is the most immediate energy system. So think hundred yard dash. The fastest hundred yard dash that I know of is I think just barely a sub 10 second. So that system is exhausted by then uh, in 10 seconds. So again, does it work for a high powered movement? You know, you want to do a snatch. Sure. Creatine works. Uh, but don't expect to run two miles faster because you're taking creatine either. It's a completely different energy system. Um, I think branch chain amino acids are a waste of time. That's my personal belief. <laughs> uh, you eat so much, you know, if you're sitting there buying branch chain amino acids, chances are you already have a high protein diet and you're, you know, you're you know, chicken and rice, chicken and rice and broccoli, <laughs> you know, you're getting enough branch chain amino acids. Um, that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's meatballs out there. I tell you what. Um, I think that there's nothing you can't do without a whole diet. You know, if you're eating correctly, you don't need 90% of the supplements. Again, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, I, for instance, I take a protein supplement, but I don't sit there and chug down like five scoops. It's 18 grams of protein, which is about what the body can absorb in a sitting anyway. And then I go eat real food um, because, again, if you don't eat real food, all those supplements in the world, that's why they're a supplement. Um, it, it, it's to supplement your actual diet. So That's a good point. Yeah, it's not to replace. I, I know many people that would solely have a protein shake or whatever after they're done working out and they're like, that's it. That's all I'm having. And yeah. it's Where's like, the that, that's Where's right. The carbs. <laughs> right. That's a very good point. And I like, too, how you said that you know, when they have these pre-workouts like C4 in particular, they'll have these just like, like, it's like a rage of energy and it's like, they're not thinking about what they're doing. Um, when I was, I believe a junior senior in high school, I was doing some poorly formed behind the neck shoulder presses, which by the way, I, I like pinched a nerve in my neck doing this. Um, (laughs) yep. I don't, yeah. So learned after that, that those are just bad in general, but I was also, taking C4 at the time. And it was just like, you know, power through it. Cause that's, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And you're not thinking about, you know, how you're actually, what your form is actually like, and ended up like hurting my neck to the point where I had to, like, I was like walking around, like I couldn't turn my head and it was right. scary. Like, um, looking back on it now, I, I realized that, you know, towards the end of my, I still work out, but not as serious as I was in high school, mm-hmm. but like towards the end, I've, I've realized that eight hours of sleep was, and, and no pre-workout was a better workout than, you know, four hours plus two scoops of C4. Yeah. It always was a better workout. Yeah. Always. So that's, I, I thank you for giving your little, uh, your, uh, P's and Q's on that. That's yeah, of course. very interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> Um, well, okay. I have a question, another personal question, (laughs) which I know we're supposed to be talking about you, but I, it's just fascinating kind of the advice you can give. Mm -hmm. Um, I have exercising induced anxiety as well. So if I lift something over probably 60 pounds, I'll cry. Like it's bad. And what, 
what advice do you give for people who are kind of trying to get into working out, but have this stress response? Um, well, you know, me not being a mental health professional, my first step yes, of course, refer of course. you out as a mental, you know, to a mental health professional, a psychiatrist, therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so, so a little about me, I deal with anxiety and panic attacks. Like I said, um, I take medication for it. Um, right now I'm on Lexapro. I've tried a bevy of other medications to limited success. Um, and so it was to the point where I would work out, I'd lift these heavy weights, just like you're talking about. And um, then I'd get these heart palpitations, had the heart checked out, have everything checked out, you know, no, the heart's perfectly healthy. It's, it's an anxiety uh, panic related um, action. Um, since being on the medication, uh, no more heart palpitations. Uh, minimal panic attacks. And if there is one, it's okay. I know what this is. You know, I know how to bring myself down a level. Um, So honestly, I don't have, you know, in the moment when something's going on, you know, you, you have exercise induced panic attacks. The first thing I have, I would have someone do is realize that, okay, this isn't life or death. It is a panic attack. So how do we break you out of the panic attack? Um, there's things like look at, it's a list, look at five things, you know, touch four things, uh, sniff three things or feel, you know, whatever. Um, and this is a way to break you out of that panic attack. Um, it is a mental process to, to break that line of thought of, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. The walls are closing around me, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think honestly, exposure to that mental health issue and sitting in it, because what is anxiety essentially is avoidance. Um, Exposing yourself to what you're trying to avoid, you know, and if you do get that panic attack going through your breathing techniques, your four seconds in, four second hold, four seconds out, four second hold, box breathing, stuff like that to work through it. but ultimately, you know, it's it's exposing yourself to those situations and overcoming it and doing it with help guided by a mental health professional that can give you their two cents on, you know, on what's going on and, and what is a safe and healthy way to overcome what's going on. Thank you. Thank you for being so honest about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's I'm an open book. Yeah, that's good. Got to own it. You got to own who you are. Definitely. Does any, do you guys have any other questions? Um, I guess not any to pertaining to training or anything. I, I would ask, um, what's your prediction for the game tonight? What are you, oh, I was going to ask him that. Oh, All right. sorry. So you, get, you get two options. You get, you can get my actual answer or you can get the deepest, thickest Chicago accent you've ever heard. <laughs> I think we got to go with two. Okay. <laughs> so uh, my predictions here is for the Bears <laughs> and the LA Rams is uh, the Bears are going to win 235 to negative 15. 
<laughs> I bet the beers, the win, and uh, the win out, the payout there is in Italian beefs. Okay, so uh, <laughs> now you know. Now you know. Yep. Now you know with an S. Yep, now you know. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Cubs or White Sox? Cubs. But but I will oh. say, I truly enjoy seeing the White Sox succeed. I'm more of a fan of good Chicago sports than a petty, you know, oh, I hate the White Sox because they're on the opposite side of town. <laughs> right. Are you from Chicago, Chicago? No, I'm Lake County, but uh, I, I went to school yeah. all throughout <laughs> in Chicago, and I just I picked up all the accents and just like an Italian mobster. So, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, awesome. I mean, I'm trying to think of any last questions. I think thank you so much for being on the show. I think you have the dream job of all three of us. I think. I think we're all former athletes. Like, yeah, yeah, you got a really cool job, man. Uh, you know what? Um, it's only the dream job if you make it. Um, yeah. You know, there's a million reasons why someone can wake up and hate their job. Um, you got to find the one reason that that keeps you going and build off that. So that's, really that's cool. what I try to do every day. That's great advice. Awesome. I do. I do have a question here. I, I have to keep bugging you about this this is where i specialize in this is the type of career field i'm chasing you've mentioned you've worked with a couple professional athletes and Mm -hmm. you have experience doing that Mm -hmm. what advice would you give anyone who's about to deal with or go into a professional sports field with dealing with professional athletes what would you tell someone are you talking like um like someone who works around them Yes. Yep. Okay. If you were going to work with them on a daily basis or, or after a game, you know, what, what do you need to know about their personalities and, and interacting with them? Um, honestly, they're people too. They're people too. Right. Um, they're so used to being put on this pedestal, you know, that that's why Michael Jordan got out of the game. Right. Was, um, he just was so everywhere he went, he had 20, 30 people crowding him at a minimum. Uh, so they're people treat them like people. They have things that they care about, things that they want for themselves, things that they want to achieve. You know, I can write someone, I can write anyone a program. I can, I can put pen to paper and be like, I believe this will make you better. Um, but if they're not bought in, you know, if they don't, okay, you're just another dude. Um, no one's gonna, no one's gonna do anything for you if they don't believe in you. So I think you treat them like a person first. You get to know their name before you get to know what. Hey, you know, how many kids you got? Are you married? You know, where'd you go to school? Ask them all these things. People love talking about themselves. So let them do it. And in the meantime, demonstrate how to you know, perform a proper squat or what you're trying to relay to the person. Um, honestly, that's, that's my biggest thing. Like, get to know them. They're people. What's that's, your craziest cr- gym story? Oh. <laughs> Ooh, <okay. laughs> um, so I used to work at another company. This is pre-college. I had just gotten certified uh, through NASM, and I was taking up my first personal training gig. 
the thing about being a new personal trainer is that, you know, five years down the road, you wouldn't want to train with you um, because you're still refining all your technique and honing all your stuff. So I'm learning on the fly. And uh, again, I'm, this is 2015. So I was out of the army for two years now, roughly. Uh, but a lot of that mentality stayed. Um, and I had a client, she was older fifties, late fifties. Um, but she had slept with one of the salespeople. Mm. This guy was half her age easily. Um, and, and this, <laughs> this is why I have a hard time with commercial fitness because that stuff happens all the time. Um, huh. you know, and, and so she's telling me about it. She's like, but he doesn't know, you know, and this whole time I'm like mortified. Like, I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to um, And, and so she's like, you know, I think, I think I'm going to threaten. I don't know what their deal was. She's like, I'm going to threaten to tell him that I'm going to tell you. Uh, so don't say anything. And I'm like, what the F is going on right now? Um, and so eventually, you know, she came in the next day and she was talking about, it. I was like, you know, you're kind of a troublemaker, huh? Like, I didn't, I didn't know what to say. And, uh, she comes in and she's like, you know, I talked to my therapist and, you know, you don't know me and you don't know what I've been through. And, you know, it's one of those things, like I've never dealt with this in my life. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I don't know you. I have no idea what you've been through. Also, I think it'd be a really good idea if we change uh, who you're training with. Is this uh, become unprofessional at this time? I don't get it, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, Ugh. it turned out to be this whole thing. I quit a week later because I couldn't stand it. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the craziest I got right now. <laughs> that's wrong that you got that's... pulled into that. I mean, oh yeah, completely involuntarily, just right me, in the middle I, I of know. it. <laughs> Oh my I thought it would be like someone threw a dumbbell through a wall or something, but that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had, I have had to break up high school kids trying to fight, but oh that's God. kind of, I mean, that's, those are high school kids. It's yeah. All that testosterone flying around. Jim's scared, bunch of egotistical. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to bench 500 pounds, but I'm only going to move it two inches. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yeah, I've had my fair share of experience with the bench press, you know, who can bench the most in high school. It's always that was the that was the thing, you know, if you could bench more then you're you're way cooler. That was yeah. That, yeah. That primal, you know, um male uh testosterone. Yeah, it's this chick's going to see me benching so much she doesn't care. It's all your bros, no. you know, it's all your bros complimenting you not you know no no, no. Yeah. Oh, oh man 225. I want that. You know. <laughs> it's so true though. It's it's so true. I remember like I I think that I had uh, there was a time I had, you know, you, you ever do like max out days or is that really bad? I don't know if that's okay. No, so, I do all the time. Okay, so I when I would when I was serious into lifting, I did a max out day and I think I was, I think I hit 200 for the first time. And I think there was like eight guys watching me and I was like, this is kind of weird. Like <laughs> it was also motivating, but it was also like, there's a lot of people watching right now just to push, you know, 200 pounds up and down maybe once. So <laughs> yeah, well look, um, it's, it's a weird thing, but like, okay. For instance, during the shutdown with COVID-19 and all that, um, I wasn't at work for three months and my motivation to work out 
and this shouldn't be a motivation, right? Is like I was in my home and like you see, I have stuff. I didn't do any of it. Um, <laughs> and and but there is a social aspect of lifting at the gym and you know being in the environment and you know around like-minded people that is motivating and that's that's why it's kind of a home for me is you know I could go work the nine to five office job. I don't know if I'd be stopping at the gym when I'm done. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I'm there and I see it and I live it all day. So it's it makes it stay fun for me. That kind of ties in with what you were talking about earlier, right? No one goes at it alone. It's a group mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I like that. Interesting. More ways than you even know. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, um, Kara, just so you know, the Bears game does start at 7.15, so oh. I don't... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll... I... I'll allow it once. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll allow it this once. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was an awesome show, and Thanks. I learned yeah. so much about it. was really cool. Like, Thanks for doing it. Of course. Yeah. All right. So that was my episode with the Tony G Show and Nick Kazarian. I had a really great conversation, and I'm so thankful for you guys tuning in. As always, you can listen on Spotify, um, iTunes, and my website. Feel free to leave a review and just... Tell your friends because I love having listeners and I really love having the show. So thank you very much. Bye.